featuring all its best from the king of instruments on community keyboards. again and welcome to this edition of Community Keyboards on air and online. As ever, over the next hour I'll have music from the King of Instruments in all its guises with everything from classical and theatre organ pipes to digital electronic organs and keyboards and beyond. And as St Valentine's Day is just around the corner, there'll be a smattering of music for all you incurable romantics listening today. I'll be joined by two guests, David Harold and Kevin Grunnell, and there'll be a chance to hear the winners of a recent Keyboard Forum challenge, starting with Brian Dawson, from whom we've heard previously, but his performances on the forum must be popular with the voters, since once again he's one of the winners this time. Well, let's open up the show with this arrangement of Till There Was You, from the 1957 Broadway production of The Music Man, played by Brian on Korg PA700 keyboard. winner number one of the Keyboard Forum October Challenge and Till There Was You. It's 
worth mentioning that each month we'll hear such performances in arrears, as it were, simply because Community Keyboards is planned and recorded quite some time ahead of broadcast. So, as they often say, patience is a virtue, possess it if you can, seldom found in women and never in a man. Well, similarly, this is the first programme in which I've been able to pay tribute to the late Chiho Sunamoto, who sadly passed away in November last year. As soon as the sad news emerged of this, I did pay a small tribute on the Community Keyboards website, which is still there, and was also asked by my broadcaster friend down in Cornwall, Alan Ashton, to contribute to a special programme in memory of the artist. In case you didn't hear it, I include it now. Someone who had cause to remember October, but for very deep and mixed emotions, was my long-standing broadcasting friend, Ian Wollstoneholm. The electronic organ world has had its fair share of personalities, and I seem to remember that during the mid-80s, the arguments of same old faces could often be heard, just in the same way as that criticism is still levelled today. Of course, if you really dug deep enough, there were plenty of players who chose not to enter into the limelight, and then, like now, deserved a break. It was around that time that Yamaha, in its wisdom, decided to export some of its amazing Japanese talent. And perhaps most memorable of all were Masashi Max Takano and Chiho Sunamoto. Let's be honest, there was no internet or social media to springboard this pair into the UK organ marketplace. Just a few pollsters, and if you were privileged to attend one of the long-forgotten Morecambe organ festivals the promise of something revolutionary waiting in the wings. I was lucky enough to be watching from the bar area, standing amidst some of the keyboard musicians who really didn't need to be watching a couple of Japanese imports with me. But watch, we did. And as I sipped my neat lemonade, well, after all, I was only a mere boy broadcaster back then, the sight and sound of sheer technical wizardry and musical prowess which is born from being sat on a music bench from the age of three, was something to behold. A few weeks ago, sipping now on a Diet Coke, well, the hard stuff finally got to me, once again I witnessed an unexpected reunion of these two musical masters. This was at the Oktoberfest weekend in Huntingdon, and though I've been to many weekends and festivals, this atmosphere was the closest feeling to the good old days that I'd felt for some time. Max Takano was one of the headline performers, but this time there was no Chiho on stage alongside him. Instead, supported by her husband John, Chiho watched from the back of the hall, hanging onto every note. When the concert was over and the audience hubbub faded, the two were once again reunited in the imperfect harmony pause, just as they had been three decades earlier. It was bound to be the case that many people were aware of Chiho's failing health, but, hand on heart, I've never seen so many of her friends, acquaintances and colleagues gather round to be part of what was to be a final curtain call for this wonderful artist, with, as someone once noted on one of her prolific catalogue of recordings, the voice of an angel and film star looks. We often used to joke about how Chiho managed to develop a Geordie accent, but the truth is that she loved the British audiences and lifestyles so much 
that she settled over here and gave enthusiasts countless opportunities up to very recently to hear her musicianship and entertainment in clubs and societies nationwide. Chiho Sunemoto was never a same old face and leaves yet another void in our musical world. Yasuraka ni Nemuru. Rest in peace, Chiho.
Sunflower, a piece composed by Henry Mancini, which summed up Chiho Sunamoto to a T. And thanks to Alan Ashton from Organ First Radio for arranging that. Now it's always a pleasure to welcome a new name to the programme, and that's just the case with Michael Sullivan from Bromsgrove. Mike has been involved in the keyboard scene for several years, and following a break to devote some time to family commitments, got in touch with me recently to say that he's now back on the playing circuit and looking to fulfil concert appearances across the UK. So, if, and I know there are, club and society secretaries listening, you can get in touch with Mike via his OrganFax webpage, and I'm sure he'll send you all the details you need. Well, Mike sent across a few MP3 tracks from his CD, entitled Light and Shade, played on a variety of instruments, such as Tyros 4, and this superb arrangement of Cavatina on Yamaha CVP 505.
Sullivan playing Cavatina, and I know we'll be including more music over the coming months. Well, joining me after the break will be organist David Harold, who, as well as performance, is also at the cutting edge of high street keyboard retailing. Well, to take us there, here's David at the Genos TRX module keyboard system and a never-ending song of love for you, recorded a couple of months ago for the programme over at Bolton Organ Society. at 99.7 FM and online at oldhamcommunityradio.com This is Community Keyboards with Ian Wollstoneholm.
recorded on the 1st of April 1929, an incredible 90 years ago at the Paramount Theatre Studio in New York City. That was the poet of the organ, Jesse Crawford, and a precious little thing called Love. Well, guest number one is David Harold, and a few weeks ago David made a rare appearance here in the Northwest at Bolton in Tune on behalf of Bolton and District Organ Society. Here he is at the Genos TRX system with Secret Love. Musicland stand, and Musicland is a is a, a very well known dealership down in the south. Would it be fair to say, David, that because of that fact that you are well established and you're very well known, that you are one of the few, if you like, inverted comma high street businesses in in the keyboard market to uh, to be surviving and thriving? Yes, I think so. I mean, uh, a lot of it comes down to because we've been in the business for so long um, we, we, we have built up a reputation people do, do, do know us we, we do tend to, to try and get to as many festivals as possible um, and be the, the front for, for Yamaha and support the Yamaha products and, uh, and of course the other thing I think over the years we've developed something that's been a little bit niche for us which um, I'm sure you've heard of is the TRX uh, organ systems uh, where we have actually created an electronic organ from, dare I say, keyboards. And uh, Tyros being uh, obviously one of them, and of course obviously the fantastic Genos now. So, so we've got something that is, yes, it's, it's quite niche to us, and, uh, and it's an amazing sound. So we're very, very lucky if, you know, to have something that is very, very special and dear to us. But yes, I mean, we have become very, very well known by being at as many festivals as possible. And, uh, and, and you know, let's say we'll, we'll, we will support it as, for as long as we can possibly can. Uh, but yes, I mean, going back many, many years, I mean, it's absolutely amazing. And I I suppose in some regards things don't change too much because we still, a little stand here is difficult, obviously it's radio, very good for people who want to to see things, Um, but if I describe it briefly we are surrounded by, as you say, the the new range of of keyboards, TRX systems and and individual ones as well, but dotted amongst them there are one or two, shall we say, older um, traditional instruments. (laughs) Is there still a market for for that kind of sector, David? Right, I mean, obviously we're talking more of the older organ. Um, instruments now of course obviously that that part of the business uh, dare I say has quite diminished you know it's diminished and um, so but there's still the the person out there that would like to just have something 
basic order that they're not surrounded by computer technology to sit down and play like the instrument I've got behind me there, which happens to be a Yamaha AR80. A great instrument at this time, AR80 AR100. Yes, uh, the, the, there's not many people around that would appreciate that nowadays. But, uh, but of course, obviously, when we come to the festivals, uh, there's always going to be someone that is going to be looking for something from the past, a little blast from the past. So it's, it's always nice to bring a little something like that along for them. We, we say, and we can see on your very attractive pull-up banners behind you there, the, the, the Musicland store down, down there in, in, uh, in, in Kent and Essex, how much of a threat is is the, the internet, the World Wide Web, to people like you with bricks and mortar to yeah. pay? And it's, it is unfortunately a big threat to us. We live in this day and age where everybody's going to be doing a bit of research at home on their iPhones and pads and tablets. Uh, that's fine. That's the way of the world at the moment. Uh, but, but of course, there's this little bit of a trend at the moment of going and buying the cheapest you can possibly get. That's fine. If you don't want quality of service, if you, you know, just take for instance, you could buy something that you spend quite a few thousand pounds on. Um, for instance, even digital pianos, I can tell you now that we, 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 we sell many, many digital pianos, uh, which are still quite a, a large a bulky unit uh, even when it's flat packed now people buy on the internet because they go on price but don't realise it's going to be dumped in a big box outside their house it's going to be on the on, on, on the floor and that if it's raining the courier won't take no notice so, but, but of course what we're all about is trying to um, offer a quality of service and that's something we do not want to lose sight of. It's very, very important that when we sell a product we will come along, two-man delivery normally, and then then we will unbox it, we will assemble it in the room of the choice, we will quality check it and even give them a demonstration in their own home. All that comes at a price, I know it, it does. But when you're spending your thousands of pounds, you've got to think... Do you want a quality of service with that? I think the majority of people will, but don't realise that they're not going to get that quality of service when they just buy it on the internet. It doesn't happen. You're right, and I sometimes wonder when people do their research, as you said, David, and they'll look online for the, you know, the, the numbers after the pound sign. What they perhaps don't sometimes realise is that if it's a new instrument that's unfamiliar to them, once they, that arrives from some cloud faceless mm. you know online wholesaler to 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 the house and they unpack it and they get rid of all the cardboard and they physically switch it on sometimes they must scratch their head and think what the heck have i done and there's nobody there to to guide them through which was always a big selling point it's of businesses is. like music it's like certainly and the other part of it for us i mean not only do we do we offer that service which is which is something that we would never scrimp and scrape on um, but it's also after when we go the time when we leave that house we are always going to be available on the phone to answer any questions, any technical help. How do you do this? How do you do that? We're around. We, and of course, being in the, in the business for as long as I have, we've built up the knowledge and the know-how and got to know the products. So we can offer superb after-sales service and technical help over the phone. So, and of course, the other thing is because we, we are a bricks and mortar company still, as long as we possibly can... <laughs> We, uh, we also have the products in our store, so part of that is also if they wanted to come in at some time and sit down with us, we will spend the time with them. Even though we've already had their money, it doesn't matter. It's part of what we do, and, um, and we, we pride ourselves on that. 
and David Harold is still playing, of course, aren't you? As a, as a, as a solo concert well, uh, performer yes, as well. Well, every day, yeah. That's that side of things I sometimes. Know. I know, yes. And, uh, and how, yes, as I say, how time flies. Yes, I'm still out and about there doing some various different shows around the country. And, uh, yeah, no accounting for taste, is it? <laughs> but anyway, no. Joking aside, it's good fun. I still enjoy it. It's still, I still get a personal kick out of seeing people's faces and if they, you can see their heads nodding and their feet tapping. That, you know, I'm happy. It, it, it's, I still get a kick out of it. It's lovely. It's really great to catch up with you, David. Thank Thanks you so for, for taking a little bit of time. And, uh, well, you've got the credit card machine there and the receipts, <laughs> the order books there. So let's hope that, um, that it's a good, um, a good event for you here at... Um, well, absolutely. Now get your credit card out and swipe it. Come on. Uh, well, I'm, I've just got to go and have a word with somebody else. I'll, ca- I'll, ca- I'll catch you later, David. Never before has Ian Wollstoneholm fled the scene so quickly at the threat of having to open his wallet. Well, my thanks to David and to Nigel Milligan for recording the music at Bolton from the audience perspective. Well, let's hear the second joint winner now of the TS de Picardy Keyboard Challenge this month. And once again, it's a previous winner, Don Worley from Liscard in Cornwall. Don's entry is a quite a lengthy medley from Phantom of the Opera, played on Yamaha AR100. So here's one of the romantic themes, Music of the Night.
Don Huertley on Yamaha AR100, and the third winning performance will be in our next edition of the programme. Well, we'll be taking a trip across to Stockport Town Hall very shortly, where we can eavesdrop on the lunchtime concert there, recently given by Kevin Grunell. Stay with me for that after this break. This is Community Keyboards with Ian Wollstoneholm. You're listening to Community Keyboards with Ian Wollstoneholm on Oldham Community Radio 99.7 FM. Welcome to Community Keyboards, Kevin Grunnell, and, and a lovely concert here at Stockport. Does it seem strange having to get your passport stamped? <laughs> of course. Well, it's nice to be here. Uh, yes, it, 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 it's, it's great. Uh, uh, obviously, I originate from, from Yorkshire, uh, the South Yorkshire area near Barnsley. Uh, but I've spent a lot of time, of course, on, on, on this side of the Pennines uh, at Blackpool and been involved with the Lancastrian Theatre Organ Trust over the years, from probably going back for the past 25 years or so. I mean, obviously, as, as David uh, Aldred mentioned right at the start of today's uh, lunchtime concert, Kevin, um, apart from obviously being at the console uh, in your performance mode today, you have a vast knowledge of how these wonderful instruments work and what makes them tick. Do you ever worry, therefore, when you are actually performing in front of an audience, are they going to behave themselves? Absolutely. Um, not so much on an instrument such as this. It's, it's in, as we say, fine fettle. Uh, and, and, and you needn't worry about that here at Stockport Town Hall. Um, there are occasions where you go to other places and the organ may be having a, a little bit yes. of, of uh, a slight tantrum now and again and, and, and things, but you tend to deal with that. Uh, the, the, the big problem I always find is having our own venues over at Penniston and Barnsley. That's where I get anxious when I'm at the console. Because if anything goes wrong, there's not a thing I can do about it. If another organist is at the console, that's fine. I can go in the chambers and sort that out. I quite enjoy that. That's not a problem. Luckily, they're in good health and they've never let me down yet. But it's always that worry. As we say, Kevin, you've been involved in the organ and keyboard world for, for, for a long time now. And I mean, going back to your days in Blackpool, when you, you were sitting on the, 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 the pier there, um, <laughs> following in the, 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 the footsteps of Raymond Walbeck, I think yes, remember. Yes, yeah. I mean, did you ever imagine that one day you would be in the position that you are, being a 
proprietor of, of what is the wonderful heritage centre over at Barnsley and of course the, the, the Penistone Paramount as well. Not at all really, although having said that, we had purchased the former Paramount Birmingham Compton before I was appointed at the pier, so I did oh, actually really? have so it there. Oh. It, it, it was in storage from 1994 to 1999. Uh, I started at North Pier at Blackpool, uh, uh, following on from Raymond, of course, in 1997. Uh, Ra- Raymond did an amazing 31 years uh, in the Sun Lounge. I didn't manage quite that long. Uh, I think I did about eight. Uh, two concerts a day, seven days a week, 24 weeks of the year. I didn't get a single day off from sort of April till the end of October and then went into concert tour uh, straight from that. Uh, I was young and daft in those days. I wouldn't be able to do that now. But uh, it was it was great fun, you know. And um, Blackpool had got a real buzz about it, uh, and and it, it was just a real honour and a privilege to be to be part of that. I mean, where did your technical interest uh, originate from, Kevin? Because obviously, as we said, you know, you, you're more than adept at the keys, but you know how to build these things and disassemble them and put them back together in in a marvellous condition. Where, where did that start? That's quite a story. Oh, uh, you are you sitting you comfortably? <laughs> <laughs> well, it all came about. I, I was around 12 years old, and uh, mum, mum and dad had gone shopping. I got dragged along to Asda or Tesco's or whatever it was in those days. Um, and whilst mum and dad were going shopping, I, I tended to go into the news agents, have a flick through some magazines and things while, while they were doing the groceries. And I happened to stumble across uh, an organ magazine called Organ Player. It's about 1984, and uh, I was quite engrossed reading this and looking at the pictures of the various consoles and the shapes and the, the designs of things and that. And the next thing I, I know is that Dad's there, so I said, "Right, are you ready? Come on, we're going now." I said, "Oh, I've not finished this magazine." <laughs> you know, the very fact that this is newsagent, it's not a library. Was it relevant? But. <laughs> Um, and he said, well, how much is it? I said, I think it's 90p. Here, there's a pound. Go and buy it. Come on, we're, we're ready for going now. So, so that was it. And I was engrossed in this. And there was one name that kept propping up time after time, and that was Brian Sharp. And in the back of this magazine was an advert for a concert that Brian was playing alongside another great keyboard player, Andy Smith, uh, at Osset Town Hall, which is only up the road 10, 10 miles or so from Barsley from where I lived. So I said to mum and dad, would it be possible to go to hear this chap? Because he's mentioned quite a number of times in this magazine, it must be all right. <laughs> uh, so they said, oh, yes, yeah, yeah, come on, we'll book tickets and we'll go then. So we turned up to this concert, and uh, it, 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 Brian was playing a wonderful four-manual kawaii, t- t- a T30, I think it was, at about £35,000 at the time. A lot of money, you know, you could buy, I was going to say you could buy a house, you could probably buy a whole street for that price at that time. <laughs> But uh, the thing was, this wonderful white and gold thing at the side of the stage, the Compton Christie Osset. And then when Brian moved across to that and started playing that, the whole room became alive. You could feel the bass, you could feel the instrument. It wasn't just coming out of speakers, it was moving air, it was a living, breathing thing. And during the interval, I I went to uh, the Theatre Organ Club sales stall and picked up a leaflet. And, of course, it said all the thousands of pipes are beneath the stage, etc. So as, as a 12-year-old, whatever it was at the time, I went to the front of the stage. And I'm trying to find all the pipes. Couldn't see them. And then went back to the sales stall. Uh, a wonderful gentleman by the name of Frank Hare uh, was manning the sales stall. And I, I said to Frank, uh, rather naively, I suppose, in a way, uh, not meaning, can I, will you take me to see them? But I said, can you see the pipes? Can I see the pipes? Because I was looking all over for them, and I couldn't see a single one of them. Uh, and, and Frank took a great... Uh, 
intake of breath. Oh, no, 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 we can't do that. Oh, no, they're all beneath the stage and, and oh, it's temperature controlled under there and, and it's quite tight and, oh, we can't take people down. I said, no, no, that's, that's fine. That's okay. I just thought I'd ask. And I was going back to my seat. And uh, Frank, just I was going, Frank said, excuse me, your man. He says, uh, do you play the organ? And I said, no, can't play a note. I can't play a note. He says, oh, I said, oh, well, if you could have played, we might have been able to take you down sometime. So I came home. I said to mum and dad, I need to learn to play the organ. So mum and dad said, why? I said, well, I've enjoyed the concert, but the guy said that if I learnt to play the organ, I could have a look at the pipes. And that was my reasoning for learning to play the organ. And sure enough, a couple of years later, I reapproached Frank Air and said, now I've learnt to play the organ, will you take me and show me the pipes? And he did. And of course, we've been firm wow, friends ever wow. since. That, that, that's an amazing story, Kevin. I mean, it's kind of the reverse of everybody else, almost, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, a reason to, to learn to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it, it, it was the technical side of thing that in, interested me. Learning to play them was a means to an end, in that if I learnt to play, then perhaps Frank Air may take me and, and, and show me the pipework. ever worry um, or are you concerned that one day these instruments will kind of outlive the audiences that are looking at them now and, and I say that with a mind to the fact that obviously our audiences at a lot of these concerts are of a certain yes. age yep. um, and in terms of passing on the, the maintenance and the, the technical know-how to, to preserve them for future generations I guess mm. does that concern you? 
not not really and and and, and i know it may sound very blasé uh, i think as concert promoters which, which wearing that hat as well i think you have to do more work these days to to, to get an audience to 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 an event uh you know 20 30 years ago you could write a handwritten poster put it on the front door and hundreds of people would turn up that's long gone you've now got to do legwork contacting networking uh, and i think that it's much more uh involved than what it used to be However, you go back to, to sort of my formative years, you know, so some 30 years ago or whatever, and uh, shall we say that the audience had all pretty much got silver hair um, uh, and were of that same age. They're not the same silver-haired people that are at the concerts today. You know, th- those are long gone 20, 30 years ago. But I do think that uh, what the organ does uh, attract are people of a certain age group, mainly possibly the newly retired. And, you know, that's not to say that we mustn't encourage the youngsters, because we really should. However, I think it's just a matter of fact and and, and just looking at the situation, what you've got. Uh, And that uh, I think people who uh, have just retired are looking now for something to fill their time. And I think as far as the theatre organ goes, particularly more so than electronic, is that you have the nostalgia aspect. You know, sadly, you don't have that as much with electronic organs. Of course, we remember the Hammonds in the working men's clubs, etc. But and it's, it's, it's the steam engine thing, you know. Uh, not many people around today can remember steam locomotives out on the main line. And yet the hundreds of preserved railways about the country that are attracting tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of visitors a year. And I think the theatre organs very much like the steam railway. Yeah, I agree. I, I was briefly and finally going to mention that point. It's not uh, a long, such a long time ago that... Um, the, the, the penister was on TV in that in that very uh, kind of mould, wasn't it? The the forgotten railways of uh, of, of the past sort of That's thing. That's right. And and sure enough, there was um, there was the guy talking to you, playing at the. At the uh, that, that's right. You know, and, and I, th- I think you know um, TV programmes such as that are looking for ex- extra bits of interest. You know mm-hmm. that they, they walked uh, the disused railway line, which mm-hmm. is now mainly the Transpennine Trail, uh, from, from from sort of Penistone over to Manchester. Uh, and looked at various items of interest en route. Uh, Just going back slightly to to what you said about um, the younger end and the the future, Uh, of course, uh, at the Astoria Centre at Barnsley, we we do offer theatre organ tuition. We've got quite a number of students that are there. Um, Two former winners of the American Theatre Organist of the Year competition, young Declan Poole and Lewis Scott, have lessons at um, the Astoria. Both of them really interested in the technical aspect as well. Um, Declan has uh, been working uh, in the workshops. Lewis purchased his own Compton Cinema organ a couple of years ago, possibly coming the youngest theatre organ owner in the country, uh, you know, just under the age of 20. So I I think the future is out there uh, and, you know, should be encouraged at all costs. Kevin, great to talk to you. Been a pleasure. uh, My thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule and... um, and get back to Yorkshire, as they say, <laughs> before they shut the doors. <laughs> and you're then an honorary Lancastrian. Thanks ever so much.
Gavin Grunnell waltzing along at the Wurlitzer as recorded at Stockport Town Hall recently and you heard him play Everything's Coming Up Roses and I Won't Send Roses from Mac and Mabel. And just a reminder that details of the superb programme of organ concerts at the Astoria Centre in Barnsley and the Paramount at Pennystone, which Kevin arranges throughout the year, are on our website and we'll be popping along there from time to time. With that, it's time to switch off the blower for this edition. As ever, if you want to listen again, you can do so at your convenience via the oldhamcommunityradio.com player or via the programme's website at communitykeyboards.com where you can also find links to items of interest in the organ and keyboard world. If you'd like to get in touch with the programme, then do drop me an email to communitykeyboards at gmail.com or via Royal Mail to P.O. Box 997, Oldham OL1 9EB. For now, this is Ian Wilson Home saying thanks very much for listening. Take care, all the best, and bye-bye. Keyboards with Ian Wollstoneholm.